Good day again, my dear brothers and sisters. Such a wonderful time again that we have this opportunity to uh, feast on the word of the Lord. I believe he has something very important uh, for all of us to learn and also so that we continue to receive feeding uh, from our Lord. Remember that uh, the Lord says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. And so here we are again in order to receive our portion. And of course, before we proceed, let's uh, first pause for a moment of prayer. Father, we thank you for this time. This is a great, another great opportunity that you have given to us so we could worship you in spirit and in truth, Lord, as well as we could receive Dear Lord God, our portion from you through your word, we trust dear Lord that you will continue to feed us with the bread of life as we prepare our hearts and our minds. We prepare the Lord God, our innermost being, to receive your word today. Thank you that your word will bless us, will inspire us, will encourage us, will teach us, will rebuke us, will correct us. Your word will equip us and train us so that each one of us, O oh Lord, will eventually become useful, useful instruments in your hand to the glory of your holy name. So thank you, Holy Spirit, thank you that you are ever present and faithful in helping us so we could really hear and understand and receive. And everything that we hear, understand and receive, we will hold them dear in our hearts and we will apply them above all. To the glory of your name. Thank you, dear Father. We bless you. In Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> so we have been talking about our walk with God. And we, so far we have covered some important angles or topics or issues related to uh, this walk of the, with God, this, our walk with the Lord. But uh, for today, I'll um, deal with all of us the some important questions that are part of our work with God and um, one is why do we struggle when we walk with God would not it be easier to think that when we, when we walk with God that there will be no more struggles anymore that everything will be fine and okay and smooth, you know, no more, you know, no more struggling, no more obstacles, no more difficulties. But right now, our experiences would remind us that when we walk with God, usually it is an uphill climb with Him. It's not that really easy to, to go with God. So for today, we will learn why do we struggle and what are we struggling against and how to overcome these struggles. What are the provisions of the Lord that he has given us through his word whereupon we can be sure of overcoming all these struggles and end up being victorious and successful in our walk with God. But first... Let me read this passage in Judges chapter 2, uh, chapter 3. Judges chapter 3, I start with verse 1. 
this passage will help us realize of why we struggle with the issues of life. It says here, these are the nations that the Lord left to test all those Israelites who had not experienced any of the wars in Canaan. He did this only to teach warfare to the descendants of the Israelites who had not who had not had previous battle experience. The five rulers of the Philistines and the Canaanites, Sidonians, the Hivites living in Lebanon, mountains from Mount Baalermon to Libu Hamath. Verse 4, they were left to test the Israelites to see whether they would obey the Lord's commands, which he had given their forefathers through Moses. There are two reasons here in this passage given why is it that there were certain tribes that were purposely left behind by the Lord that would serve as some kind of uh, enemies or oppositions against the people of God. And the Bible records that the Lord left them, these tribes, to test to test all those Israelites who had not experienced any of the wars in Canaan. That's the reason, one reason. So that they will have an experience of what it is to actually fight against these enemies. So that they will learn how to fight. So that they will have battle experience afterwards. Another reason why they were left behind, it says in verse 4, they were left to test the Israelites to see whether they would obey the Lord's commands. So the purpose was to give them an experience in order that they become experienced warriors and soldiers. In short, that they will mature, you know, as a people, considering that these were the... Uh, remnants after all the other uh, people of Israel perished in the wilderness. These were new generation that has had not any battle experience and they were not growing enough in this aspect of their lives. And so they will have to go through this so that they will learn. But the other reason given here is so that they will learn to obey. It says in verse 4, they were left to test the Israelites to see whether they would obey the Lord's commands. We all know that obedience is one of the most important lessons that a person that walks with God needs to learn and to practice. In fact, all the blessings of the Lord that he has promised to give to his people um, were all connected with obedience. But we know that in the New Testament, our obedience is no longer the result of our own personal effort, but it is the work of grace, of God's grace in our life. So that at the end of the day, it is not us really that was performing and obeying, but it is the Lord's grace at work in each one of us. Nevertheless, it is clear that God wants us all to experience and to mature in our work with him. And that he wants us to 
learn the value of obedience. And these two things will not happen without these enemies that will make our life, you know, a little bit uh, difficult. That is why in our Christian life, we face problems of every kind. We face trials, we face temptations, we face different kinds of difficulties and hardships in life. How we wish that once we become a follower of Jesus, that there will be no more problem, there will be no more difficulty, that it will be all smooth sailing from start to finish until we will have the fullness of the glory of God in our lives. We will enjoy our life forever and forever. How we wish that it is like that. But in reality, it is not like that. In reality, every day, we have different problems to think about. We have battles that we have to fight. We have problems that we need to solve. We have situations that we need to address. And all of these are, of course, taking a toll on our spiritual life. Nevertheless, God does not abandon us by ourselves. We do not walk struggling with God by ourselves. He has already given us his word that he will never leave us nor forsake us. And so, uh, what are our struggles against? Let me give you three important things which will remind us about the importance of staying as close as possible with the Lord as we walk with Him. Because these are the three entities that in which we struggle against. Mauna yung mga tulo ka mga importanteng bagay nga ang usa ka kristyano nga naglakaw kay Lord nagapakigbisog sa kadadlaw sa iyahang hinabuhi. I'll give you the three first and then I'll discuss each one uh, at a time. Ang una, the, the first is the world. The world and second is the flesh. And then the third of course is the devil. So we have the world, we have the flesh, and we have the devil. And these three are contradictory at all times towards our walk with God. Una, ang kalibutan. Ang kalibutan, when we talk about the world here at this time, we don't mean about the literal, physical world in which we live in. We're not talking about the trees, the birds, the flowers, the planets, the stars, and everything. But basically, we're talking about the system, the present system that is governing this world. Sometimes we call it a spirit that is in this world. In 1 John chapter 2, I start with verse 15. This is what we can read here. It says here, do not love the world or anything in the world. It's very obvious to understand that the verse, the word world, the writer does not refer to the literal world. Because there are other scriptures that would tell us that the Bible or God is teaching us to take good care of the world. Like we take good care of the plants, the, pl the, the animals, the flowers, and everything. So, definitely he's not talking about the literal world here. But he's talking about the spirit, the, the, the atmosphere that is prevailing in the world. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, 
and the boasting of what he has and does comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. This is just one uh, single passage, but there are several other passages that talks about the reality that we are still living in this world, the literal world, and the spirit, the system that is now prevailing in this world, in which the Bible definitely and strongly warns us about to be wary of them, to be careful that the world will not engulf us and devour us by its own system. And so we look at around and we see people living, including so many Christians. But we can also see many of them, although they are Christians, and yet they already succumb to the systems of the world. Uh, in Romans chapter 12, we are familiar with the verse, Romans chapter 12, in verse 1 and 2. Wherein the Apostle Paul says, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good pleasure and perfect will. So, he's talking about the patterns of the world, the systems of the world, the way the world conducts uh, itself or, you know, the way things are happening in the world, the way the people, people as a whole, who are not walking with God, the way they live, their philosophies, you know, their practices, their values, uh, their beliefs, you know, their worldview as a whole, when we look at them, are totally, you know, incompatible and contradictory contradictory to the revealed will of God as we know it about from his word. And Christians, and these are people who have started to walk with God. Christians, people of God. The church, some, we, we use the word also to refer to the same uh, group of people. These are the people that have decided to walk with God. They have decided to turn them back against this world system, against these philosophies, against these beliefs which are you know, contradictory to the will of God and the word of God. And they started to follow the word of God. They started to follow the teachings of God. They started to follow the values of God as he built it in this word. And these times, sometimes, you know, it comes to a clash. That is why the Bible reminds us, do not conform to the patterns of the world. Instead, be transformed. Be different. Be different. Do not love the world no, neither the things of the world, because anyone who does will not live with God forever. That is why we live here and we are surrounded by all this worldliness around us. And it, it becomes a struggle for all of us who are decided to follow the Lord, because we're still here in this, in this world. We cannot just say, ah, from now on I'll go to, up in the mountain and live by myself. No. Because God has called us at the same time to the same world in which he warned us to be careful. He has called us at the same time to go to where the world is, to go to where the people of the world are living and be a light unto them and be a blessing unto them. And so it becomes a challenge for us how to live this life following God amongst the people of the world we're in. 
He warns us not to succumb to their wiles and their strategies, while at the same time, be there to become a blessing, be there to become a light, and be there to become uh, uh, a favor unto them. So that's a challenge. And the second that makes life a struggle and difficult for all of us is, of course, the flesh. The word and the flesh. The word, the, the word flesh here refers to our uh, human, sinful human nature. It does not refer to the literal flesh that we have. In Romans chapter 7, <clears throat> I start with verse 14. Romans 7 verse 15. 14, the Apostle Paul says, We know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. I do not understand what I do, for what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate to do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. Verse 18, I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature or in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what's good, but I cannot carry it out. For what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I don't want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind, making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God, to Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but in the sinful nature a slave to the law of sin. Paul was talking about the strong presence of the sinful nature in his own life. And this is true to every single believer. Although we have, you know, repented of our sins and given our hearts to Jesus and started to follow the Lord. And yet, the reality is there, the sinful nature that we had once with us is still with us. We're not yet delivered from that sinful nature. It's still, the flesh is still there in, uh, in us. Of course, the literal flesh, we're still, you know, covered with the literal flesh. We still live in this body that is the flesh. And the flesh is always inclined towards sin. The flesh is always inquired, in, inclined towards the good things of this life, the good things that the world offers. That is why it becomes a struggle for us. Now, now that we have decided to follow Jesus, gusto na nato magsulod kay Lord, sunod na sa iya sa kinatibukan, and yet the flesh pulls us towards sin and pulls us towards the world. Mona, mag-struggle ka. And yet Paul has shouted the victory, thanks be to God, he said, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Because the truth is, every struggle, every problem, every difficulty that we face in life, our only hope is in Jesus. Jesus is the only one that can give us the victory over all these things. Now, uh, he talks about in Galatians, Paul talks about um, the flesh. In Galatians chapter 5, in verse 16, he says, So I say, walk in the Spirit. In the other translation says, live by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the 
desires of the sinful nature or the desires of the flesh. He gives us, uh, um, he gives us a, an avenue or a way in which we could overcome the desires of the flesh. And that is to walk in the Spirit, to follow the Spirit, to listen to the voice of the Spirit, which is the voice of the shepherd over our life. So that when we follow the voice of the Spirit, the spirit we will not yield to the, what the, the, the flesh would want and we will become victorious at that moment. So, I, so live by the Spirit or walk by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature or the flesh, you know, desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other. That is why there is a struggle because there is a conflict. There is a war that goes on between the spirit that is now living in you and the, sinf the sinful nature that still remains in you. The sinful nature wants to do what the nature dictates upon her, him or her and of course being pulled by the world. But the spirit that God has given to you wants you to walk with God consistently and powerfully. And so, the... The decision is up to you. But now that you have become enlightened, very easy to, cho to, cho to choose. We choose to follow the direction of the Holy Spirit. In the same book, in Galatians 6, verse number uh, 7 and 8, Paul says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please the sinful nature or the flesh from that nature will reap destruction. But the one who sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap life everlasting. Again, it's clear it is you who must decide which to give in, which voice you will have to give in day by day. Whether you will give in to the gentle voice of the Spirit urging you, encouraging you to keep going, keep, keep moving, keep loving, keep walking holy and righteous for God. Or you will yield to the pull of the flesh together with the world and plunge yourself into sin. I pray that you will make a choice every day that I will live this life, even though it is a struggle, but I will follow the Lord with all my heart. I will not yield to the flesh. If ever the flesh will sometimes overtake me, I will immediately rise up, repent, and keep on moving with God. Now, the other um, thing that keeps our life a little bit difficult is, of course, the devil. So we have the world, we have the flesh, and we have the devil. These are the three that makes our life a struggle when we walk with the Lord. It says in, in uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 10. Ephesians 6, 10, the Apostle Paul says, Be strong, finally be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggles... Our struggles, it talks about our struggles, present time, present tense during the time of the Apostle Paul. It talks about our struggles, for our struggles are not against flesh and blood. This time the word flesh and blood refers to physical persons, meaning to say our enemies are not people. We do not struggle, we do not fight against people. We do not want to pick a fight against anyone. Anyone should, we should love everybody around us, try to be a blessing to them. He talks about, he is using this phrase, flesh and blood, to contrast so that we will understand who is our real 
enemy. Whom are we struggling really and literally? He says, but our struggle is against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this darkness, of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. It's very clear that our struggle, the main reason why we struggle is because we have an enemy, although we cannot see the enemy, but it, he is very real. How do we know that it's very real? The evidence of his work. The evidence of his work is the proof that it's real. Now, it's very much like what's happening now. We have this coronavirus, we cannot see it. But how do we know that this virus is real? Because people are dying. Our loved ones are dying. Our, the people that we know uh, have, have died because of, of the virus. Thousands have died all over the world because of this virus. But we cannot see it with our own eyes. Very much like that. It says in verse 13, Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with a breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet filled with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. So it's very um, clear that uh, the Christian who walks with God has to contend with the enemy, within, with the, an enemy that cannot be seen by the natural eyes. Nevertheless, he is real and he works his way through different kinds of situations in our life. Sometimes he connives with our flesh and our flesh has the propensity to connive with the, the, the schemes of the devil and the world is set up purposely in order to make life difficult for every, every believer. And so we are not surprised why sometimes walking with God is difficult. Why it, we are not surprised when, why, sometimes, not, why sometimes not walking with God is a little easier than walking with God. That is why some people after you know, a couple of months uh, when they walk with God, they would turn their back and say, uh, uh, it's easier. Maayo pa sa una, wala ko na Christian kaysa yun pa akong hinabuhi. Because they have finally found out that walking with God is not that easy. Not because God is the, a difficult person to walk with, but because there is an enemy whose purpose is not to make their life easy so that they will become discouraged and eventually they will give up on walking with God. And yet God uses all things, according to Romans, 28, Romans 8.28, you know, for all things we believe that God is using all things to you know, make our life a better at the end according to his, uh, his purpose. So, how do we overcome this enemy? In the same passage that I read, if you watch carefully, Paul tells us to, number one, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. You know, in the fight, like in wrestling or in boxing, you, know, you cannot defeat your opponent if you are weak. As simple as that. You know, any contest, if you are weak, you will not win. Okay? So, for you to win, you have to be strong. Now, you may follow up that with a question. What shall I do in order to be strong? Spiritually, in my walk with God. Now, the answer to that is, of course, obvious and simple. We have learned that already in our previous uh, 
lessons. One exercise that you need to always do with your life is to read your Bible. It is when you constantly spend your time reading your Bible, fellowshipping with God, that your strength, that the strength that comes from God will come to you. Remember, they that pray, they that, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. You remember? And so, you are only as strong as you would want to be depending on your personal devotion, your personal time with God. That is why the devil, he makes a ploy by making you busy, by making the world more beautiful to look at according to your eyes, physical eyes, literal eyes, so that you will spend more time with the world, so that you will spend your time feeding the desires of the flesh. And the more time you have with the world and with the flesh, the, 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 the weaker you become, you know, as a Christian. But the more time you spend with God and His Word, praying, worshiping, the stronger you become in the Lord. So be strong in the Lord and in the, in the power of His might or in His mighty power. And then second thing to do is put on the full armor of God. It's foolish for you to contend with an enemy without an armor, without a covering. Nobody in his right mind, like a soldier, nobody in the right, in, in, a, no soldier in his right mind would, would go into a battlefield contending an enemy without his armor, without his guns, his helmet, everything. So you go fully covered. And he gives us the armor that's made available to us uh, by the Lord. He talks about helmet of salvation, meaning we know where we stand when it comes to our personal salvation. We know that our salvation comes from the finished work of Jesus Christ. He paid the price for all of us so that our sins could be forgiven and our names be written in the book of life. Salvation is not the result of our own righteousness. It's not the result of our efforts. It's not because we've given millions of money into the coffers of the church. Salvation does not come because we have done so many good deeds towards our fellow men. Although these are, things are good, but they do not matter when it comes to salvation. Salvation is first and foremost is because of what Christ has done on the cross. He paid the price, full price, complete price for your salvation and my salvation. And all we have to do is receive Jesus rely on that a finished work of him and we know that already we remember that all the time when we receive an attack from the enemy questioning our salvation all we have to do is fight back using the word remind him that jesus has already paid the price for our salvation our salvation doesn't depend on us it depended on what christ has done so we put on the helmet of salvation we put on the breastplate of righteousness we put on the belt of truth we put on the um the shield of faith and of course the the sword of the spirit which is which is the word of god these are the weapons that are available for for all of us to use when we struggle against the world when we struggle against the flesh and especially when we struggle against the wiles of the enemy now how do we fight these struggles how do we come against the works of the enemy how do we come against the world how do we come against the desires of the flesh the bible here the passage teaches us what we need to do in verse 18 he says pray in the spirit because pre previous to that it tells us to stand firm and fight stand firm and fight stand firm then with the build of truth and everything being in uniform but it means 
we fight against the enemy through prayer. We fight against the world through prayer. We got fight against, you know, up the pull of the flesh through prayer. He says, pray in the spirit. Hallelujah. Pray in the spirit. Hmm. What, does the what does it mean, pray in the spirit? It simply means prayer relying in the enabling work of the spirit. Meaning our prayer should not Many times we pray. No, we, we've been used to prayer. If we come up, come out of a religious background, we know, we know prayers. We have been praying that many times those prayers were memorized prayers. Those prayers were religious prayers. Those prayers were liturgical, mechanical, ritualistic kinds of prayers. We memorized those prayers in our heads, but it never penetrated our heart. Our heart was not in our prayers. But this time, he calls us to pray in the Spirit, meaning to yield to the Spirit so that it is the Spirit praying through us. We are being helped by the Spirit. Remember, the Spirit is the comforter, the advocate, parakletos in Greek, one who is called alongside to help us. And in Romans 8, 26, we have a limitation when it comes to prayer, but the Spirit comes upon us to intercede on our behalf. We do not know what we should pray as we ought, but the Spirit comes and helps us in our moments of weakness and limitation. When we come to the end of ourselves, we do not know what to do. The Spirit helps us in prayer. That makes our life, hallelujah, easier because the Spirit has been given to help us. That's why pray in the Spirit. So when we pray, we always ask the Spirit, Holy Spirit, help me here. I do not know what to do. I do not know how to handle this situation. There is this opportunity. There is this, you know, whatever is right in front of you. Do not just make, you know, a quick decision, hasty decisions. Jump into every opportunity without ever talking to the Spirit of God. This is the reason why so many Christians have fallen into temptations and, you know, bring forth a lot of pain and anguish over their lives simply because they failed to pray in the Spirit. They failed to wait before the Lord and consult Him on what they need to do with these opportunities or these situations. When there is a conflict with other people, you know, because as we live in this world, we have interpersonal relationships and sometimes there are conflicts, misunderstandings. We need to pray in the Spirit. Ask the Lord to help us. Ask the Lord to pacify us. Ask the Lord to comfort us. So that when we speak, if there is a time for us to speak, we speak in the right way, we speak with the right attitude, and we speak using the right words. But also praying in the Spirit would also include praying in the language, you know, that God has provided for us. Because again, when it comes to prayer, we are very limited. But when we yield to the help of the Holy Spirit, He can pray through us using groans, using languages that we, our minds do not understand, and yet our inner man is praying so that there is strength that is available and be used during this hour of need. So, He tells us to pray in the Spirit on all occasions, on all occasions, meaning every time, all the time. He wants us to pray on all occasions, and He wants us to pray with all kinds of prayers and requests. And when you are reading your Bible, become familiar of the Bible, you will discover that there's so many kinds of prayers. Mm. So many kinds, thanksgiving, worship, adoration, petition, supplication, intercession, warfare prayers, so many kinds of prayers. And we 
these kinds of prayers are being made available unto us so that we can use them every during every situation of our life. So we have to use this powerful means that God has given to us. We can stand against the enemy. And then he says, with this in mind, be alert. That's another thing that we need to do. Because be alert. It doesn't mean that when you pray now and receive a sense of victory, that, you know, the rest of your life will be victorious. No. Because the enemy, after attacking you, will again come the next time. <laughs> Tomorrow is another day of fighting the enemy. Tomorrow is another day of contending with the world. Tomorrow is another day of refusing the desires of the flesh. Tomorrow is another day of fighting all these battles in order to win the victory for the glory of Jesus Christ. And so Paul is reminding us that even in times of prayers, we do not only pray for ourselves, but also pray for other believers. He says here, praying, be alert, and always keep on praying for all the saints. Remember when you pray for others, wow, what a blessing. There is so much reward when we pray for others more than we pray for ourselves. And so as part of our walking with God, it's a lot easier to, you know, we, because when we pray for others, we remember that it's not only us that's going through some difficult moments. There are other believers that their difficulties are far greater than the difficulties that we are facing ourselves. Sometimes we feel so problema. That's because you're not knowledgeable enough. You did not, you know, take the time to inquire. Kung naghuna-huna pa ka, nangangutana pa ka, you will find out that there are many Christians around you whose problems in life are far bigger than the problems that you are facing, whose difficulties are so bigger and heavier, and yet they continue on walking with God. So it's good to pray uh, for them and be reminded that it's not only you that's having a difficulty in life, but everyone that follows with God is going through the same difficulty. But praise God, everyone has the same, you know, avenue to win, the same help, the same available grace, the same available spirit, so, we, so that we can win and become victorious for the glory of Jesus Christ. So today I want to encourage you, keep walking with God. Despite the struggles, despite the difficulties, despite this world, especially now the world is getting more and more, you know, uh, the world is getting more and more difficult to, to contend with at this time. It's really coming upon the Christians with so much force, with, with unity and intensity, as well as with the desire to really, to really you know, devour the, the people of God and oppress the people of God and you know, eliminate the people of God. And yet, we're not afraid because we do not fight against flesh and blood, fight against the enemy. We do not use the weapons of the world. We use the weapons that God has provided. And it is through prayer and through His Word that we can win the victory. I want to encourage you, keep moving with God. If you are there listening, watching this video, and you have not given your life to Jesus Christ, Simply because maybe you're afraid that when you follow Jesus, you will have difficulty, you will have testings, you will have trials. I want to urge you, there is no better choice and decision that you can do in your life than to decide to surrender your life and follow Jesus. Wala rabay nagmahay nga na naguna. Wala dili una ang pagmahay. Permi ulahi ang magmahay. 
So make a decision to give your life to Jesus. Follow him. And once you follow him, that's it. You follow him till death. You follow him until he comes back. If you have become, if you have been a Christian for some time and yet, you know, you went through some difficulty and because of those difficulties, you decided to give up or you decided to stop or pause, I want to encourage you. Now is a good time to return to the Lord. Your sins will be forgiven only if you will come back to God and ask for forgiveness. Avail of what Christ has purchased on the cross for you. I want you to take the time this afternoon. Let me pray for you as I close today. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that you are always with us. You never will leave us, nor forsake us. Thank you for the opportunity that you have given us to walk with you, to serve you, to live this life to the glory of your name. Thank you, Lord God, for this privilege, Lord, of serving you, serving your people, this privilege of sharing your word, dear Lord, to so many people out there who will be watching and viewing this broadcast, God, I pray. I pray that they, as they will listen, Lord God, your hand will be upon them. Your spirit will work in their hearts and their conscience. And humbly and sincerely, Lord, they will surrender their lives to you. Call on your holy name because you promised whoever will call on you will be saved. Save them, O Lord. Forgive them of their sins. Soften their hearts, O Lord, I pray. If there's anyone out there, Lord God, who may have some sickness or ailment in their body, I pray for your touch upon those bodies, Lord, and bring healing and restoration over their bodies. I rebuke the sicknesses and the diseases in the name of Jesus, and I call for the grace of the Lord to touch them and restore them back to health for his glory and honor. Thank you, the Father God. Bless our people, your people. Bless, O oh Lord God, with provision, protection, preservation. And above all, O oh Lord God, bless us with promotion to the glory of your name. I praise you and honor you today. In Jesus' name, amen. This has been our BCC Sunday premiere. Don't forget to hit the like button and share this with your friends.